Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamplet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Money Now Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2, but oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture, as I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to review Monday Night Raw. Michael Sidgwick sadly off ill today. Get well soon to him. Although he did text me saying, "Was this the best Monday Night Raw ever?" And I thought, "All right, calm down a little bit, Sidge. Yeah, you can't get too bit, bit too excited there." But I will say, I did quite enjoy this Raw. Screenshot the text. Normally, I would never advocate people doing that. Screenshot the text. Prove it. I deleted. So it didn't happen. Uh, deleted. I think. I think. I think my phone deleted. It. I think. I think I dropped, I dropped my phone in the ocean, actually. Just out of respect. Out of respect for was that the Rebecca Vardy I think trial? it was, yeah. I did have it, but I dropped it in the ocean. Dropped it in the sea. And I was in Davy Jones's locker. Who's Davy Jones? Love what? that. Amazing that. What was the other one recently? Britt Baker, who's Mussolini. What's a Mussolini? <laughs> Good that. Uh, yeah, get well seen, Cedric. Send him your best. Uh, although, like, as well, I, like, I, not that I want Cedric to be ill, my esteemed colleague. I miss his, his takes. I miss his company. And yet... It just It's nice that it's out there that if you are unwell or potentially unfit to do your job, you should be feel comfortable enough to say that to your <laughs> bosses and they allow you to be off Cody Rhodes. <laughs> there, is a, there are two sides to each story. Get well seen, Cedric. But fundamentally, take as long as you need because yes. that's what normal human beings do. It's all fine. All takes are valid. We'll leave that one there. I just saw a lot of like stuff on Twitter yesterday. Maybe feel a bit uncomfortable. Like, Cody Dumas got them revelable. I was like, grab it up and go out there. Don't <laughs> yeah. strap that up. <laughs> Do what you like. Like, I, I popped huge for it. It's out there. It's on the internet. Me and you have noticed we've been clocked that we've been caught in a couple of reaction videos going absolutely daft for it. I was big into Cody, but, you know, whoever's listening out there, you do you. Yes, Cody did say it was his decision, didn't he? Indeed. Um, as a wrestler, always would. And as, as many people have, have tweeted, mm. uh, <laughs> Cody does that, and if I get, like, the sniffles. You can might be able to hear, I've got a bit of a cold, uh, but <laughs> I 100% would be like, hey, I'm going to have to miss the paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, um, to get back to your original point, sorry, best driver and that, it was, 
eventful. I, I think the think comparison I made to you this morning was it felt like a post WrestleMania Raw. Yeah. And having attended a post WrestleMania Raw, I'm always resentful of how eventful <laughs> this, this one was. This year. Yeah. Because this wasn't, um, this was far from, uh, WWE can't make like perfect wrestling episodes anymore. They can sometimes make okay ones. This was probably somewhere in between those two things. But the stuff that went on, as we're going to go through and pick apart, even if the motivations weren't necessarily creative, or I think some things were maybe risks that didn't need to be taken, it just felt like they have actually started a new pay-per-view cycle for the most part. Yes. Never fi- because nothing ever really ends in WWE, because stories aren't that well told to begin with. You never have that post-AW pay-per-view table setting vibe. But it did feel like here, like the the table was set for obviously money in the bank straight off the top of the show. But then there was a number of different directions for character. That's probably the best way to describe it: directions, because people just don't get stories. But people being sent off and pivoting off in different directions for money in the bank, and that's like what a month and a bit away. They have at least yeah, beginning of July, I think. They've at least set up a lot. I didn't count on this show, but I reckon it must be five, six completely brand new directions, like for various characters. Yeah, and that's. I don't know that in the way that WWE does its content in that like churning style that takes quite a lot of doing to produce that over one single episode. Yeah, it was it was a combination of things, isn't it? Like you say, it feels like the first uh, new chapter following WrestleMania because there were so many backlashes to WrestleMania and yeah. then, like like you said, people were looking in at Hell in a Cell like, is this just like a quite a quite good raw? Basically, mm. it was that. And to come back to our point, I made in April. I was in such a good mood after the premium live event that I was, like, willing this to be good as well. You know, there's something to that, right? And it's... I, I don't think that's just subjective take. For the first time in ages, probably since WrestleMania, uh, WWE was was the wrestling conversation yesterday. Yeah. There was multiple debates about, about Cody. There was a, a lot of people really enjoyed the match. Like, just earnestly enjoyed this performance and this presentation, what WWE put on. I don't know if that extended to the rest of Hell in a Cell, but certainly the main event was, like, a big talking point. And I saw some people heaping praise quite rightly on the triple threat as well. Yeah, like, that got a lot of praise, but I think that's I think that would have been more people saying, I really enjoyed this wrestling match versus you have to go out your way to see yes. this Cody thing. If you think about all the... Um, like, we had this long weekend here in the UK, and we were all, like, kind of desperate to find some time to sit down and talk about, like, the, the current, like, chaos within AEW. There's, like, six huge things yeah, to talk we about. We will right? get around we'll, to it. We'll find the time this week, and there's another dynamite, like, just around the corner. There was all these AEW stories, huge, big headline stories. And then for 24 hours, the cycle was, well, look at Cody's broken titty. Like, look at it. <laughs> it's, it's this massive story, this huge match, this big talking point, this huge moment in, in Cody's career, certainly. And that fed into this as mm. well. It reminds you, I think it reminds you that when you make a star and that star can then, well, not that they've made Cody, but when you present a star and then that star can do star things, everything is elevated by it. The show, you know, the rising tide that raises all ships. And I just felt like Cody coming out with the star and then them having the big angle sort of did that for this Raw as well. They'll ride the wave rightfully as long as they can out of this. But this wave, these ripples are being caused by Cody Rhodes, who is now potentially gone, rather than, let's say, I don't know, a Roman Reigns, who could be, just once perhaps, defending the titles that he won three months ago. <laughs> like, it's just, it's 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 so odd that it's come back around to Cody of all people, and this might be it, till the Rumble yeah. or something. It's. Do you know what I've realised as you were talking then? I've, I've realised why I think I like this show, because mm. I, I get that there were some pe- things that people didn't like and things that people attacked on this show. Becky Lynch, whatever happened with the Judgment Day that we'll get mm. to. But I think... My fears as a wrestling fan, because they were constantly 
abated. Is that the right word I'm looking mm. for here? The relief made me think this was good. So okay. maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was, but like when they went, Cody, money in the bank. And I went, no. <laughs> and then he gets taken out yeah. and I was like, oh, good. And then they were like, Becky Lynch, 24-7 champion. And I was like, anything but that. <laughs> people saying that, uh, we'll get to it in, when we get to it on the, the, the review. But people saying like, Becky Lynch shouldn't have lost the 24-7 match. Yes, she should. Her name should never be associated yeah. with that title. I know it's a title, yeah. but it's the lowest of the low. <laughs> and then like, Finn Balor completely just jumped sides for no apparent reason. No, it makes a lot more sense if he's decided to take the lead role in the Judgment mm. Day. We'll get to it in mm. due course. Let's start at the beginning of the show because uh, Cody Rhodes, after a, loads of video recaps as well, that's why I quite like the show. Lots of stuff to <laughs> skip uh, early in the early hours of Tuesday morning. Uh, do all that. And then Cody Rhodes welcomes us to Money Now. Wow. Uh, there's a big thank you, Cody chant. Uh, and he talks about how it's a privilege to do what he does. He talks about his daughter and how he wants her to know that in the darkest part of his career, he stood and he fought. Uh, and he did it against one of the best ever in Seth Rollins, uh, who he puts over but also says, yeah, I don't like him either. But he says, now that book is definitely 100% <laughs> closed. And he says, now that's out of the way, I want to talk about what's above me. And he looks up, and there's the two Money in the Bank briefcases hanging off the ring. Uh, he says, so this has eluded me throughout my career. Uh, and if I was to retrieve the briefcase and win it, I'd become WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. Not, no, there's no mention of uh, WrestleMania there. Because they just fucking say WrestleMania because it gets... Yeah. What's the phrase that the, 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 the click through? It's good for SEO. Thank it's, you. Yeah. yeah, anyway. So, says that. Out comes Seth Rollins, limping his way quite rightly to the ring after that epic main event from Sunday night. He says, look, still hate you, Cody, <laughs> but God damn it, do I respect you. Uh, and he says, you know, your dad would be proud of his baby boy right now. And, uh, and he talks about Rhodes shaking his hand the night after WrestleMania, and now he wants to shake uh, Cody Rhodes' hand. He shakes his left hand, understandably, because he can't move his yeah. right. Uh, the fans cheer, and uh, Rhodes watches Rollins walk to the back and nods, and Graves points out that Cody's getting surgery this week and says, ooh, it's going to be a pretty tight turnaround for money in the bank, <laughs> says what we're all thinking for once yeah. rather than what you know Vince is thinking. Uh, anyway, he walks to the back, he's waving to the fans, and then there's the brilliant meme that you may have seen of <laughs> Seth Rollins, ha-ha! <laughs> running out from behind him with a sledgehammer and he clobbers Rhodes, beats him down. Officials, including Curtis Axel, yep. spotted him this time, mm -hmm. uh, try to stop him, but he's just this maniac with a sledgehammer. He rips the shirt off again. Even that, Phil and I were talking about this on the news, even the, the act of just ripping off mm. Cody's shirt, like, I was like, that must fucking suck. Because yeah, I've like put a t-shirt on when I've got a bit of sunburn and gone, oh, <laughs> that stings. So he does that and he, uh, he targets um, the injury, the torn pectoral muscle uh, with the sledgehammer. He stamps on it, he hits it with a sledgehammer. Uh, and uh, the uh, commentators as Rollins is led away just say how despicable this is. And Cody uh, refuses the stretcher, gets huge cheers, and just limps to the back. Uh, I thought this was sensational, a way to open Money Now Yeah, it was mostly really good stuff, this. I I can't decide if I was a bit worked by this. It's This feeds a little bit into something later on. It's more analytical of the current state of WWE than it is of these specific angles. But I was bang into the Seth Rollins babyface turn as a result yes. of as a result of this storyline. And Cody kind of Cody Cody basically being a reverse fiend. Cody changes people. 
You know, like he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to change WWE from within by making it half decent, and has now <laughs> and has now changed Seth Rollins by snapping him out of just being a visionary of drip or whatever, and just actually becoming this this great wrestler again, and mm-hmm. maybe earning the respect of the fans once again and all that. And I'd kind of been worked into this, especially because you're kind of watching it with the knowledge that Cody might be gone for a while. So you're like, who? There's a pretty massive space that's opened up at the top of WWE's card. In the, they're in need of a babyface out of nowhere. We keep referencing these big summer stages. And they don't shows. have to necessarily be in relation to the titles either. Just Yeah, just somebody big. Right? Somebody that you can slot into massive matches on the babyface side of the divide. And wow, this is sort of the opportunity to elevate Seth Rollins mm-hmm. back into that spot. I know he's failed in it a couple of times before, but... It's a, it's kind of a, like a plaster over wound anyway because Cody will be back to assume that spot. You yeah. just need somebody for the now. You know, you could, if you needed to revisit Seth and Roman for one of these shows, let's say you, you probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. Didn't lose to him at the Rumble, that kind of thing. So I was, I was sort of on the hook. I was like, this is pretty great. I will, I will miss Cody Rhodes for as long as he's away, which you are left thinking it's got to be longer than money in the bank, hasn't it? But maybe, maybe yeah, he's not. written off for a while. One would assume. You assume he's gone now, but then who knows? You know, like the sometimes there's the. Um, I think it was a was it not a torn pectoral that kept John Cena out and mm-hmm. they gave him the year so that they could all make for the dramatic return three months later. Anyway, regardless, yeah, there's a bit of me that thinks as much as we sat here booking him for the Rumble, he could come on the, the Raw after SummerSlam or something bonkers. Like, is all of this a work? And have they already? Do they already? Are they sitting on information that it's going to be less than they want to tell you? And then he's actually out at Money in the Bank as a surprise member in the way that Brock did or something like. Please that. Please no. Well, you know, but anyway, but yes, but anyway. So I'm I'm kind of working myself into that. And then Seth jumps him, and I'm like, ah, oh, no. And I, am I just engaged in the product? Is that what this yeah. is? Like, am I just. Raw's got really good since it lost its world title. Am I, am I. I was trying to work out if I was gutted that Seth wasn't going to be that baby face because I feel like I'm out of juice to them as a heel. Or I was just like, no, you bastard. And then it's like, well, he's a baddie. So am yeah. I getting worked? I, I still don't know the answer to that. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, they've got plans for Seth Rollins. They had plans, clearly, for various people. And for whatever reason, it's Seth they've decided they don't wish to mm-hmm. deviate with. And so be it. Like, the Cody walking out was them having the cake and eating it, wasn't it? Because if this is a right out, where well, he's just got up and walked out, you could have done with him actually going on the stretcher to sell the right out. Maybe maybe they don't know yet. Like, I even think Cody mentioned in Money in the Bank. It's not just to put it in the conversation. It's not just to bring it up. What if all internally everybody thinks, well, he might do? You know, that like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, says the doctor, but but a bit of a chance. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you there's a bit of a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Always good that as well. You just recovered from a, a horrific injury. Why are you going to land a match? Yeah, this is it. It's it's I think everybody internally wants to believe that it won't be for the duration, even though most fans watch it, as as you've pointed out like many times, well there's worse times than to be out for six months when it's June and yeah. the horrible season in January. So I don't know. I'd like him. I'd like it to be a short recovery. I get the Rumble comeback. I'll just miss him. I think he's had a really good influence it, it, on the product, so I'll just miss him. It's the pessimist in me that thinks they're going to ruin this if he is oh, yeah, there. Yeah. That, that is, I, I always say, never wish an injury on anyone, but I'm like, like you say, if you're going to do it, it's, it's, it was a series of things. Number one, I was like, I really don't want Cody. I don't want him to win money in the bank anyway, because I feel like I've said before, he doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's a way to get him to the world title, but he, he's undefeated mm. and he's going to stay undefeated, in my opinion, if he keeps going. So you either give him the briefcase, which isn't needed, or he loses in that match, which you could probably do with the peck stuff. But yeah. eh. So I was like annoyed at Seth, but also a little bit relieved that I was like, well, <laughs> he's, out, he's out. definitely written off he's telly out. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
yeah, I I much prefer Seth Rollins as a heel. I know he's just <laughs> sometimes, and he he's gonna be he's been he was a bit off, mm. but my mind always goes to Godzilla looking ass. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, yeah. Mate, prefer him as a heel. And as a final point before we move on, Seth is immediately back in the comp because like he's gone zero and three yeah. since WrestleMania, so. Him arguing anything <laughs> without this attack is, is just like, oh, you're rubbish. No, that's fair. You're yeah, a massive is. loser. Whereas next week or whenever, when he comes out and goes, I may have lost the battles, but who's still standing here? Who's still, you know, showing up to work every week rather than sitting at home stroking his dog yeah. or whatever? It's me. And he maybe is going to get what Cody hasn't been able to which is Triple H's signature weapon for his own now. Yeah. Triple H, like, will the sledgehammer become Seth's as a result of this story? Plus, he could do great stuff in... I'm not saying he should win it either, but he could do great stuff in Money in the Bank. And my God, what story he has of, like, I did pretty well when I won Money in the Bank. I wish we'd kept a tally of the people over the last 40 hours that oh. we pitched, but this is going to run for the month. I'm going to get a whiteboard next to my desk <laughs> and write every single it's name gonna down. It's going to be Charlie from It's Always Sunny, isn't it? Just you with every single and member And at the, the end, roster. I'm going to go, called it! <laughs> Pat McAfee, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Sammy Zayn. There he is. Sammy Zayn. What else happened on Raw? Will anyway, uh, well, this was the surreal bit. So we had a video, mm. video package highlighting the, the excellent triple threat match. Becky, Asuka, Bianca from the premium live event, which Bianca won. But Becky Lynch was so close to winning, of course, and had the match won until Bianca got involved. And then they went, right, it's Becky Lynch versus Dana Brooke. And I thought, mm. right, this is weird. And it got even more bizarre next because the match starts and Becky Lynch batters Dana Brooke because, of course, she does. Then down to the ring comes the 24-7 goobers. Akira Tozawa, the champion. Tamina, R-Truth, T-Bar, Reginald. <laughs> uh, Tozawa tries to get away from them by jumping in the ring, gets rolled up by Dana Brooke. One, two, three. She regains the 24-7 championship. Becky Lynch, who's already, you know, when she was walking out, you could see she was not in a in good no place. mood for anything. Exactly. Yeah. She says, we're not doing any of this bollocks, right? Only I win titles in matches, right? So I'm having a shot against you. And I was like, oh, no. I'm having a <laughs> shot against you for the 24-7 championship, and no one in the 24-7 uh, division can, can interfere. So we get the match after a break, and uh, again, she's battering her. Oh, no, I think, sorry, I think we match starts, Asuka's music hits, mm -hmm. Becky Lynch gets distracted, Brooke rolls her off, I go, no, like that. She kicks out, of yeah. course she does, because she's Becky Lynch. And Lynch goes, right, it's Becky Lynch, it's the man versus Dana Brooke, mm -hmm. destroys her, goes to the manhandle slam, Brooke reverses it, and as she's pinning Becky Lynch, Asuka gets involved and holds down Becky Lynch's leg so she can't kick out. Dana Brooke wins. She retains the 24-7 championship. Dana Brooke pins Becky Lynch. Now I know, as I say that sentence, I can feel the spirit of Sidgwick sat next <laughs> to me set to explode. But in a weird way, I thought this kind of worked only because I was like, cool, so we get more Asker and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. You know, I, you're not going to get too much disagreement for me. I have a... I have a slight issue with the the whole thing taking place only in the sense that WWE is such a, like, the stars are so vulnerable in WWE. You're only sort of two or three weeks away from just being buried six feet deep on the show. It, it doesn't take enough care with anybody, full, like full stop, anybody, right? So, like, right up to Roman Reigns, it just does not take enough care. So, 
all it takes is two or three bad weeks and then you're in the sludge and you, you've got to fight to get out. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, I always get a little bit like a bit nervous when like a wrestler has a week like that. But I do actually agree with you that I found most of this to be pretty creative. So my personal take on Becky Lynch versus Dana Brooke or this whole segment, I guess, like this series of events that featured the 24-7 division and Asuka and all that kind of stuff is it plays to one of the times when I like to praise WWE if they can create a character that can be dropped into a situation, a fish-out-of-water situation, that character, at very least, is over. I think I used the example most recently of how Chad Gable... Uh, how, like, um, yeah, Chad Gable and Otis were folded into the Kevin Owens Elias stuff because those are just over gimmicks now. You know who these people are, and you know exactly why they would be involved in the lie detector. It's all very silly, and it's all kind of... It's very, very low stakes, but it's fun to watch these people interact... WWE can almost always only do X's in a feud with Y. Yeah. And nobody else gets anywhere near. It's really weird how, like, I'm doing this podcast with you today, but I might go down the office and have a chat with Phil. It's like, what? (laughs) But he's working exclusively with Wilborn. It's just, it's not reflective in any way of real life, right? And then every now and then, a character is well-rounded enough that you can put them somewhere else and they interact with the surroundings and it feels more real. Mm -hmm. Becky Lynch is on this like losing streak thing where she's gradually going more and more insane. Her psyche is being eroded. She's lost the woman's title at WrestleMania. She's lost and lost and lost. Asuka is at the root cause of much of this strife in her life. And now she's gotten so wound up by the silliness of the 24-7 division that she's kind of been like sucked into it for a mm-hmm. second. She's been sucked into the vortex. Asuka has cost her that too. It's all pretty in character. It's all pretty like it's steady away for what they're doing with the Becky Lynch character for the likely trajectory, which we've kind of, it feels like the show in us, which is the unraveling to the point where she basically has to turn babyface and find herself again in time for Ronda Rousey at next WrestleMania. Oh. I, I don't, I don't hate this direction. No, I didn't hate the presentation of it. I don't think that next week Becky Lynch will be stuck in the 24 seven. No. And what she'll be doing is stressed about what happened to her and attempting to gain a measure of revenge on Asuka. Yeah, I, I exactly. I completely agree with you. And I get when you see on written on paper, Dana Brooke pins Becky Lynch. Yeah. People go, what the hell are you doing? Mm. I'm going to invoke uh, something we often do in AEW here because I have, I have faith in the performers, not the company, the performers yeah. in knowing what they're worth and what they should be doing next. I'm going to let this one play out because... I agree, actually, yeah. She's, like you say, she's lost the title. Uh, in a, a match she deserved to lose at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair was better than her, right? And then, like, yeah, she's fought back, and and and, and she's uh, she's come so close, and she should have won the title at, at Hell in a Cell. Mm. If that wasn't a triple threat, she wins the title, although she wasn't pinning Bianca. doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. In her mind. And what's yeah. a more fitting personification of so close yet so far than being atop a ladder, touching a briefcase that gets you a title shot, before inevitably ask uh, or someone else who's in that match. And my God, Asker and Becky Lynch as, as early contenders for money in the yeah. bank. Oh! No, I, I agree. Imagine if you get Sasha and Naomi back and put them in that match as well. Oh, if I'm like, oh, yeah, we had to get rid of these other titles, but... Um, <laughs> We're and then they go, and they go, oh, yeah, but... So there's four of us, all former, you know, champions. Oh, who else could we add? Bailey. Put Bailey. <laughs> put Bailey in there. It's an actual high-quality match. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but yes, I get why people were annoyed at this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a chance. Uh, uh, from the outside, I can completely see why somebody would see this and be like, "Oh, that company that can't make stars is just doing more to damage one of their mm. existing stars." I, I I completely get that. 
But yeah, I, I am. I like let it play out. It's the stupidest thing to say when it comes to WWE. But I just thought, I just thought this made sense. Yes, that's that's what this comes down to. I just thought this made sense, and it didn't yet. And I like that is a three letter word, but it needs to carry more weight than that. Yet, devalue Becky Lynch's star. I don't Fair. think uh, they announced John Cena's coming back to Raw on the twenty seventh of June. Yeah, they're going to do a feud with Theory, and I'm going to absolutely explode. I hadn't even considered that, but I think you're right. It's going to be... Have you seen the stuff on t- on Twitter or TikTok or something today? No. Cena's done some interview, or maybe he's recorded something for, for TikTok. I don't really know. Mm. I'm too, too old for that sort of thing now. And he's talked about his per- favorite performers and favorite matches and people like that. And he's one of the answers he's given is, uh, they're asked, he's asked, who's your, your favorite performer in WWE right now? And he says, Theory. And they say... Who's most in need of an attitude adjustment right now? And he says, Theory. Oh, there it is then. And Theory's done a thing where, like, side by side, he reacts to it. United States Championship, it's right there. It would make Theory even more of a star, even more of a, you know, legitimate US champion. It's an open goal for me. But I'm also excited to see Cena back, and I'm sure WWE are when they're like, who's injured now? Roman's gone and bloody Cody's injured. So the thing they've stumbled upon here... It's quite a nice marketing trick to masquerade, like to mask the fact that they basically rang him in a panic on Monday afternoon and said, uh, "Can you do Raw anytime soon, please, please, please?" Like, is it uh, twenty years to the day since he did yes. on SmackDown? They've, they've, that's like quite. They're like, "We got him!" Right? How can we pretend that we meant to do this? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's quite impressive. They don't got a calendar. Yeah, it's quite impressive how they've arrived at that. Right. So what you're going to get, because it's going to be 20 years to the day, is you're going to get lots of repeats, aren't you? You've uh, seen a aping Vince McMahon's mannerism bef- with Kurt Angle. Ruthless aggression! You're going to see that cheesy clip over and over again. Theory, obviously, as part of this feud, is going to have to mimic whatever Vince's latest catchphrase or bit of advice is, which should at least be quite funny, because he's going to be like, what? Do it again? <laughs> Vince is going to be like, <laughs> no, sorry, one more time. <laughs> Eh? Like, and he's just going to have nothing. He's not going to be armed with anything to oh. go back and forth with Cena over. Imagine if you get the Doctor of Thugonomics just shooting on theory. It's such... Really good. He did that to Elias, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ezekiel's brother. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ezekiel's good brother. Yeah. Uh, right, then it was time for Miz TV and the return of oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Maurice. Former TV champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know my feelings towards Maurice. I absolutely adore her. Miss is living his best life, whatever people say. Can you sing a bit of her theme? You can make up the words if you want. <laughs> I knew that. oh, I knew that'd be great. Oh my god. Anyway, um So Miss is out there with Maurice chilling for his TV show, of course, Miss and Mrs. Um he talks about money in the bank, talks about an eighty-five percent chance of going on to win the WWE title. He says he's already done that twice. If he does it three times, he'll be a record breaker and all that. He's gonna do it, add it to his list of accomplishments. Um which we'll hear out every week on Monday Night Raw. I've won it twice before. Done anything else, Miss? I've also won the US title. Yeah. Like, all these achievements mean jack shit because you end up on Raw, so read them out 10 years later. <laughs> anyway, Maurice is not happy to be back in. Well, she's happy to be back, just not yeah. happy to be back in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and the fans start booing, and Miss does the whole, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut sort of thing. And then Riddle's music hits, and he, ca- he comes out to a huge reaction and a bro chance and what have you. He introduces himself to Maurice. Omelette du fromage, and all that. <laughs> Try speaking a bit of French. Uh, Maurice responds to him in French, and Riddle says, Gesundheit. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Um, Riddle gives a shout out to Randy, 
and says he hopes he's back soon, uh, unlike his stepdad. Um, and uh, he says, with that out of the way, uh, oh no, Miz interrupts and says, right, enough of this bollocks. Look, Orton's career is over. He's never coming back. And Riddle tells him, shut up, Miz. Uh, I've got something to say. I'm tired of fighting Roman Reigns' minions. I want to take something from Reigns. I want to defeat him for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Um, and uh, he challenges Miz to a match right now. Maurice inc- eggs him on. Uh, and uh, Riddle says, uh, look, I know Cena, my, my boy Cena's peacemaker. You're playing homemaker. You got tiny balls. You're talking about the size of his cock and balls. Size of his cock and balls. But mainly because all he does is work at home, and apparently that's not a valid way to live your goddamn life. It's, it's 2022. <laughs> Adjust your uh, expectations. <laughs> but uh, Marie steps to her husband's defense and says, Miz has got average balls. Average balls. He's got average balls. Average you balls. You know what? <laughs> I think it's a hell of a compliment. I don't want two balls that are too big. That's, I mean, that's what I heard before. It's you cumbersome. Want, you want average size. I got my, I got one hand over here. I got one hand over here. It's six inches, am I right? <laughs> and she says, oh, actually, he's got above average. He's got huge, massive, the biggest in the whole world when it comes <laughs> to his boss. And Riddle just goes, prove it, which was a sensational comeback again. Uh, and me says, look, I'm, I don't want to fight you. I'm dressed in a tux. I'm clearly not ready to compete. I've got the premiere later on, Miz and Mrs. Uh, Bollocks to you all, basically. Crowd starts booing. In comes Champa. Yeah. Jumps, jumps Riddle. He better it's such a good story if he joins Judgment Day. Well, so, right, I was, I'm glad you've sort of given us a chance for a quick pause on this one. We've been saying for a while, like, Champa doing these attacks or these interviews that get interrupted or these matches that happen and then just, like, he just disappears, right? So that's why we've kind of come up with this it's idea. It's a bit like Raw's Butch. Yeah, like, he just, he, he gets, he disappears and then he... We, we sort of pitched that he's in the Judgment Day because he's like, oh, he's doing all these things and yet he's being ignored. But in reality, he's, he is Raw's butch, but he's Miz's butch because the last time he was doing this, it was like against Mustafar Ali, against the Miz. It's not that he's attacking Ali, it's that he's helping the yeah. Miz. <laughs> so it's like, is he going to join Judgment Day? Or is he going to be the new member of the Miz Taraj? I was going to say, is this you, me, and Dupree? But- <laughs> Miss Mrs. Achepa. And, and Dupree is already on SmackDown. Oh, God, I'm so excited for our SmackDown preview this Wait week. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Curtis Axel being just delicately peppered into these beatdown segments. They're going to get the actual Miz back together. Should we re-sign Bo Dallas now? All right, we've got Bo Dallas at home. His name's Tomasa Champa. Bo Dallas versus Bro Dallas when they're in Texas. <laughs> Riddle becomes an honorary Texan for the night. Where's the hat? Uh, so, yeah, um, Champa attacked Riddle. Hit him with a hit him with a knee to the head, and Miz went because he's a sneaky little git. Went actually, you know what? I will have a match. <laughs> this this tuxedo comes off. Actually, turns out yeah. uh, he accepts Riddle's challenge. Says, "Get me a referee out here," and we get a break. And when we come back, the match has started. Champ Miz is Champ in- has gone. Champ has gone without mention. Yeah. Doesn't appear on the show again at all. Just gone. Me? You think you know who he is? <laughs> you never did. <laughs> he's a friend of the Miz. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> he had to get back to set his DVR for Miz and Misses. That's true, yeah, that's it. So anyway, Miz is in control. Riddle fights back, catches Miz with the draping DDT, sets up for the RKO. Miz dodges it, though, rolls out of the ring. Riddle goes after Miz, but Maurice pulls him out of the way. He uh, chases Miz and pulls his pants off, rips him to pieces as he tries to get back into the ring. Miz looks like a twat, but takes over, uh, gets Maurice's purse. We know what damage that can mm-hmm. do. Swings, misses, Riddle dodges it. 
RKO, one, two, three. Fun little two-minute match. Uh, so here's what I liked about this. I'm not a particularly a riddle guy, but everybody in that building is, and everybody in most buildings are. And Riddle getting to call out Roman Reigns with such conviction ahead of beating The Miz on Raw is the sign that they're behind him. They're absolutely, the company are absolutely behind him. You get wins against the likes of The Miz just to make it clear that you've ascended past that level. Yeah. It's de- defeating a mid-range boss in a video game, like hopping over the head and moving on to the next thing. And in the meantime, you're kind of shouting out the big boss all along. And he's, So this was like super functional and super effective in that regard because the whole thing was pretty over as well. But I just want to talk about like how embarrassing must it have been for the Miz, a guy who I have never seen with nothing but his pants on before. <laughs> uh, he must have been so humiliated to have it all out on display like that. Hey, Miz. You know, like I could see his legs. You could almost see how big his balls were. That's I could see his legs. He was wearing, he was wearing pants like I know because the Miz, right? Because he works in an office, so you only ever see him in a shirt and trousers. <laughs> so it was so humiliating for him to have his clothes ripped off. So funny. I was having such a laugh. And I've never seen so much skin on the Miz. So funny. I elbowed my wife. I was like, "Look, he's a wrestler, and you can see his body." <laughs> My wife was over at me and saying that, and I was like, I'm watching Maurice, I do apologize. <laughs> I uh, actually, I showed my wife the um, the Cody jacket reveal, and like, she's just too burned by all of the osmosis for me over the years. She's like, is that just like a makeup job then? <laughs> it's like, don't think you understand. Watch, watch me and Wilborn at work reacting to it. It's, this is real. It's like, ah, oh, they're probably just like touched it's up. It's real, it's damn real. <laughs> just touched it up, have they? No, it's real. shut up. <laughs> 
Montez Ford is sensational. Also, shout, I always forget to give him a shout-out. Shout-out to Angelo Dawkins. Mm. Did a, this mad flip dive onto a wall that I thought was really, really sensational. I've said that a lot today, but I, 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 I do mean it, especially here. Early on, back and forth, obviously, between these two. We've seen them quite a lot together. Uh, Jay backed Montez into the corner, beats him down. Uh, he comes back with chops and a stra- standing drop kick. Angelo Dawkins comes in. Uh, he uh, runs wild on Jay Uso, gets a two-count. Uh, Ford sends Jay out to the floor and does a senton off the stairs to take us to a break. To a, you uh, The Usos take control when we come back, though. A double spine buster on Dawkins. Uh, they isolate him. They throw him into the ring steps later. We go to a break again. When we come back, Jay gets a near fall on Montez Ford. Dawkins, though, makes a blind tag. Ford hits a dive onto Jay. Jimmy hits a dive onto Ford. And then Dawkins, like I say... It's bonkers flip dive taking. I mean, it's meant to be the Usos, but everyone yeah. out. Um, and then Ford hits a huge frog splash when they get back into the ring. Uh, but Jimmy dives in to break up the pin attempt. Uh, then it is Jay and Montez Ford brawling around ringside. Uh, Jay sends Ford into the ring post. Ford recovers, sends Jay over the barricade. The referee's counting. Montez Ford dives back in just to beat the count. The uh, Usos lose via count out. I'd have preferred a pinfall victory here for the Street Profits, but I get that you don't want to pin your tag champs all the time, and they seem to lose a lot. But it means that now the Street Profits, as they celebrate with Riddle post-match, are now the number one contenders against the Usos. A way around getting um, the Street Profits ready for the Usos without having to pin the Usos. Book? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Like, actually book? Uh, I like this match. Same as you, um, the teams have got fantastic chemistry. I kind of wish I'd never seen it before you actually get the title match because this is this WWE, like not to sort of pepper over some praise with some bigger picture criticism, but this is and will forevermore be now the problem with WWE is that at some point, me and you most likely will probably sit down to preview this match on a SmackDown offer, a premium live event or something. It was like, well, yeah, like the, what was this, like 15? It was mm-hmm. long, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. The fifteen, the full version of the match that we've already had on Raw was really good. So I'm sure when we see the same spots again with the titles <laughs> on the line, it'll also be really good, but it won't be as really good as it would have been had we not just seen the match first. And I like, I couldn't shake that frustration even when they did the count out. It's like, well, just don't put them in. The, don't, don't like. Well, we're not going to beat the champ. Well, don't put the champions in the match. Yeah, you made this. It's fake. You made this problem. Don't they try? Look, we solved the problem. The Usos aren't going to get counted out, right? You happy now? No, just. You've got a fatal four-way later on with people who keep getting yeah. pinned all the time. Just have the Uso, sorry, just have the Street Profits versus Gable and Otis. Oh, thank you. I am really not liking this half in, half out. Is the brand extension dead or is it not? Yeah. Situation at the moment. I know. I know. People just absolutely get the minis out for the uh, bloodline holding all the belts. They just cannot get enough of it, man. Like oh, all belts, we want like. I, you just decimated one of the coolest things here, which was the Raw Tag Division. Thanks very much. That hasn't been a title match since WrestleMania. Thanks very much. Like, hope you enjoy your one picture of all them holding six belts up because it's killing the fucking show. <laughs> right there. Until, until they, like, actually make it clear if they get off the pot or whether or not this is actually the end of Raw and SmackDown or what. Like, the Street Profits could have easily, what, two months ago, gone on a run of, like, putting two or three wins together against some of the other decent teams and then, like, said, right, if there was one set of champions, it's the Usos. We're going to take those titles. It's it's early days, I know, but I just I don't have a good feeling about it. I do. Obviously, you're going to get loads of six man pitches as well with them and Riddle and yeah. Bloodline and that. So, won't someone think of Survivor Series? Oh God, maybe. But right, look, maybe that's the end of the 
Blue versus Red. Maybe they're just book Survivor Series matches. Maybe just a bunch of... Because this is the thing, what, like... I, I'm, I'm going to go off a rant here, be born earlier and all that sort of stuff. Like, people of a certain age that have mostly only seen this version of Survivor Series right will, 11 months of the year, see trios or four, four-man teams come together. Like, perfect example, right? Riddle and the Street Profits. Huh. Ideal. Riddle and the Street Profits uh, versus their bloodline. Like, rivals meeting up against each other at the same time. That was the Survivor Series every year. <laughs> that was the point of it. You got five individual rivalries because you book actual stories. You put the teams together. It's Look like, at that. Oh, he's feuding with him. He's feuding with we, We're the baby faces. We're the heels. We can just have a match. And then you know who to can cheer for on the night. Like, without being told, well, I like the red-shirted guy. <laughs> well, I like the blue-shirted guy. Well, that red-shirted guy isn't even friends with that red-shirted guy. <laughs> they can't go exist. Like... People want what the Survivor Series used to be all year round, and then it comes out in November, red and blue guys. I love it. <laughs> I it just, yeah, a lot of this stuff is a mess. The match was good. The match Having was, the said match that, was, the match was good. And I realise I, I do this all the time. The amount of times I've sat here with you, especially in recent months, and booked stuff for a premium live event, and then they went, what if we just do it on telly? <laughs> but right now, off the top of my head, right, hmm. and they're going to hot shop stuff and blah, blah, blah. Money in the bank right now, is two Money in the Bank matches, yep. right? Which should be won by Shayna Baszler and Sami Zayn, okay. in my opinion, and feature the entire roster, apparently, according to me as well. Somebody isolate that bit of audio so you can just we can just use it on Will Bond's button deck. <laughs> yeah, you can just so do you it. Can just press it rather than you having to say this every podcast between now and this pay-per-view. Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. Yep. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. Potentially, if they get it going that long, I'm not even sure if they're fighting on SmackDown this week, but bollocks. They'll probably do, do bollocks finish and they just keep going. Natalia versus Ronda Rousey. Right. Right. What was that? What was their thing? Down the road. She'll get a title shot yeah, down somewhere the road. Somewhere at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we have to pop a range. <laughs> right? And uh, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Yeah. Pay-per-view of the year. Well, like, yet again, WWE, these three-hour premium live events, no bother. They apparently can't sell out stadiums doing them, but they're like they're a perfectly nice watch. And it's in, and it's in Vegas, isn't it? It'll have a great oh, crowd. It's my dream show. They <laughs> Can well, I go? Well, you, you could if you wanted, but you're not going to be able to get a ticket because there was already <laughs> 17,000 sold for a 15,000 venue or whatever it 12, is. 12,000, So it is, like 5,000 disappointed people. 5,001 plus Adam Wilborn. <laughs> oh. Not a single seat in the house. Oh, no. I suppose I'll have to find something else to do in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, right, Bobby Lashley comes down to the ring. Uh, and do you know what? God, this sounds like a backhand compliment as I say it. I thought it was a really good Bobby Lashley promo. Did you? He's, he's been iffy, I thought, in the past. Right. So maybe I'm grading on a curve here. But often when I'd see him cut promos, he'd stumble on his words a little bit or whatever. Mm. And it was He had a very straightforward, like, I'm here. I'm fucking done with MVP and Omos, yep. thankfully. He, uh, a lot of that on the show, wasn't there? Like, categorically finished with this thing. Yes. Uh, he talked about MVP and their friendship. Who cares? It's done now. They're in the rearview mirror. He uh, he was about to announce his plans for next. Presumably, also wanted to fight mm-hmm. Roman Reigns uh, with the shot of him with the title at the premium live event. When Theory, that knobhead, the US champion, comes out, he uh, he mocks him for needing help from Cedric Alexander and what a turnaround he's had since since Sunday <laughs> night uh, on the uh, on Hell in a Cell. He mocks Lashley uh, and he says, uh, "Get you know." Get out of my ring. But first, actually, do you want to take a selfie? And Lashley's like, no, it's my <laughs> ring, dickhead. Oh, I'm, I'm not having this. Let's have a match. Let's have a bare knuckle fight. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. Come on. <laughs> you will do when you pull up. Right? By the way, Theory popped me huge here. 
Because, first of all, look who you cross the ring with. Yeah. But also, you know, like, we talked a lot about, like, Jericho's got over, like, I'm a wizard. Mm-hmm. The reason you think things should be, check out this bicep. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh out loud this morning. Check out this bicep. It's so weird. I was, wa- just yesterday, um, I was watching an old, like, a 15 minutes of an old Louis Through's Weird Weekends, where he goes off to meet some bodybuilders. And he's like, should I take my shirt off and see if I can do it too? And he's next to this jacked up Australian dude. He's like, hey, you look okay, Louis. And like, he's, he's just got a normal arm, hasn't he? Yeah. He just looks like me, you, Adam Cole, just normal arm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then when you get this promo, like, theory's a put-together guy. And it's like, Bobby Lashley's. That's the theory. You, lo- you lose a hell of, hell of a lot of muscle mass. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's from space. Jacked. <laughs> Lashley puts him to shame with his flexing, uh, challenges him to a title match, and theory goes... Nah, you don't deserve one. You've not won a championship contenders match, presumably. Uh, and Lashley pushes him and knocks him out of the ring to end the segment. So it's going to be US title stuff. I don't know, is it? Because he, no, he's going to face Cena. So I, well, I don't know. I thought this was rubbish. Either way, I thought this was rubbish. I, I didn't get that, unfortunately, what you did about Bobby Lashley's delivery. I, I kind Maybe of I was just ha- happy that he wasn't talking about MVP and he made him and you yeah, made him. It's nice to think that he's moving on, but I just... Like the problem is, is that he's drowned out there before playing this babyface character, mm. and it just that's the one area of his game that it doesn't doesn't seem to move that far forward. Like he definitely this time around, he has got that star aura of a guy that belongs at the top of the card. Yes, but then he does cut these promos, and you're like, ah, but I don't want to watch it now. Like just don't talk. I'll see a video package. Tell me that you're fighting the champion, and I'll buy you in the role. But these long unnecessarily verbose WWE scripted segments are just not his thing. Made all the more worse, that doesn't make sense to a sentence, but made worse by him then sort of accepting life in the United States Championship like picture again. Because it is a drop down. That belt is, it's not meaningless. It means something with theory at the moment because he likes having it. But it's meaningless once you've been a top guy. It's absolutely mm. meaningless. Did he grab the wrong replica last night because nobody's bought one of them in the crowd? <laughs> like when he was holding up and gesturing what he was going to do next. I just, yeah, this wasn't for me. And made all the more so by the fact that Cena Theory probably is. So like I hadn't really thought about that until you suggested it. And then there's these other reasons why it makes a lot of sense. Cena Theory is something that <coughs> I can get on board with. Lashley's beyond it. Cena can come back and do the fluffy stuff now if, if needs be, if that's what the company requires. Lashley's a top guy and should stay there. He, yeah. There's the diff. There's the difference, right? Situational character moments. Okay, perfect comparison. Bobby Lashley being like, "All right, Benacle fight for the United States title. Why not?" Right. That to me does more damage to Bobby Lashley than Becky Lynch being like, "Absolutely nobody's winning the yeah. belt." There's the difference. Like Becky Lynch is a star on another level. That it does feel like she's lowering herself, to, and she knows it. Mm. She knows she's lowering herself to this fluff. Bobby Lashley sort of welcoming it in is a bit like, "All right, mate, have some standards." <laughs> Uh, that was followed by Dominic Mysterio versus Via Mahan. See, seen it, lived it, don't need any more of it. Yeah, Dominic used his wiles to try and get the better of him, but eventually Via Mahan just took his head off of the clothesline. Looked like he was about to win, and Rey Mysterio got involved, and there were six on nines and stuff. I want Rey Mysterio getting propelled off somebody taller than him's shoulders, but it ain't Via's. It's your own kids. <laughs> call me when, well, call me when, you don't need to call me, because you and I know exactly when that's going to happen. Yeah. You've said it all along, but this, is, this wasn't that day. Yeah, and well, we would say it, but unfortunately, we haven't got time. Skip me, skip. Uh, can you do the noise, by the way? Oh, I've done about that. No. <laughs> all this, it's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! 
A bottle of functions on a podcast. I would never dream of treading on those toes. Get well seen, Cedric. Uh, anyway, this week's five-star review review, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god-awful Raw segment or match, uh, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling. Uh, this comes from John from Illinois, who sent us a lovely long email that I'm going to read in its entirety. He writes, Dear Adam W. and the Dadleys, this will be long. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not, because I wouldn't make it long if I didn't feel it should be. Uh, also, I'm John, and I'm from the state of Illinois in the USA. Within this, within this last week, I received a diagnosis of brain cancer, and the week before, I underwent surgery uh, to remove a tumor. I only say that to preface why I am reaching out. I have wanted to write to you guys for a long time now, but was up to my eyeballs with my day job, helping my dad and uncle with farming in my spare time when I wasn't too ran down, and then just trying to shut off my brain and relax before sleep. I started listening to the podcast in 2018. And within a few months, I was done watching WWE Weekly and only tune in now for the premium live events. A friend slash co-worker of mine would play the network while working, and we started around 2015 WWE and caught up to the then 2018 WWE and rapidly lost interest. <laughs> Thank God my friend found you guys and led me to you. Uh, from all of you, I did not lose interest in wrestling altogether. I knew AEW was in the pipeline before their first show, and I purchased Sidgwick's two wonderful books. And I'll thank you on his behalf, because that really does mean a lot. I know that from uh, experience with him. I love being able to keep up to date and confident in the information that I want to... I'm confident in the inf information I am fed when I miss a week, and love not watching WWE <laughs> Weekly too. Uh, also have to drop in, I'm a Cedric mega fan from afar, because I don't use Twitter, and I'm rooting for Matt Reigns in the long feud with Dudley Sanford. And John, I was with you. I was inadvertently involved in the end of the Cleary Miller ups and downs, ups and clowns bet. I went to Survivor Series 2019 with my friend from college. I brought permanent markers to make signs as the show went on. The main event comes up and the crowd is near dead, I remember, uh, for the women's champion versus champion versus champion match that followed the men's 5v5v5. It wasn't a bad match. I just turned to my friend and said this needed to be in the middle of the card and Becky was inevitably going to get her heat back somehow. Right as Shayna gets Bailey in her finisher, I show up my Simon give it a down sign and find out on my drive home that listening to what went down and that it made it on screen right over the shoulder of Shayna after the tap out. I've gone on for a while now using shoddy grammar and misplaced commas and semicolons, so I will get to the point now. <laughs> For a five-star review review, I will give you guys the choice of anything Kurt Angle. I love Kurt Angle and almost everything he's done, brackets, I detest that damn bestiality angle <laughs> with Booker. Uh, best wishes, hope this gets received and read because I have issues tracking down the proper email. Well, it was read. It's a lovely email. Thank you so much for that, John. And uh, yeah, a, a horrible thing to go through, but I'm sure I speak for all of us, Hamlet, when I wish you well in your recovery, John. Oh, absolutely, man. What a hero. I uh, I can only hope that uh, the recovery goes well. Echo those sentiments from Wilborn entirely, uh, that you get well soon, that you've got plenty in your day, including our bollocks, uh, to distract you from some of that as well, so I hope it well. I was also at Survivor Series 2019, and had I known you were there, I would have gone right up into your face and said, fuck you, <laughs> John, quite honestly, for siding with Rat Mains. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that ego beast. He's going to listen to this. And he's going to be on my ass on Twitter over this, John. So, yeah, all the sentiment aside, all the best. I, you're from Illinois. It's a wonderful state. I've had a wonderful, wonderful week in Chicago. And I'd like Are you to Illinois with John? I'm Ill fuming, mate. <laughs> 
But yes, thank you for this, yeah, John. Thank you, John. Uh, Andy. All the very best, and thanks for keeping up with us. I, lo- I, I do really love it as well when people say like. Like we're just watching WWE, so they don't have to. Yeah, like, it's, that's like that's the public service element of yeah. the war review. When people it? ask me what I do for a job, you know, I, I, you know, I really put myself on the line. Oh, do you review the uh, the TV that people watch? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> One week we should just make some stuff up yeah, if they buy it. See what gets out there. Uh, but thank you for that, John. And, and what did we select, Hamlet? And and give us the 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 backstory before we dive into this. Well. Kurt Angle, of course, is a, a great choice for a five-star review because he's just got this, like, same limitless well of absolute classics. Like, should we say short crap and wrestling-related? But, like, sometimes the latter end of that is forgotten, isn't it? Wrestling-related. He's had just just worldies upon worldies upon worldies year after year. WrestleMania classics. Uh, he's won a gold medal with a, a broken freaking neck. But he, the way he parlayed that amateur background into sports entertainment and mastered both genres so perfectly truly made him everything that people said he were. Which is, of course, why we went to him shooting the big show in the arse with a tranquilizer dog. <laughs> um, when this, was this? This was, so this was in 2004. Uh, Kurt Angle had... A banner year for WWE. Well, uh, this is the sort of stuff for me. When when I get a little bit on my high horse and a bit pissy with people saying, uh, man, you just went there, man, you just don't understand. It's like, I was there, I do understand, and he's hitting him with elephant tranquilizers from a dart gun on television. That I read in the comments, he apparently over... You only need to pump it once. He apparently pumped it like seven <laughs> so, times, so it probably did battle when it hit Big Show in the, ar- in the arse. Don't tell me that like SmackDown in 2004 hit different. Aye, they hit different because he's weaponry. Like, rather, <laughs> rather than just his C-flexes. Aye, so Kurt Angle, to be fair, did have a bit of a cross to bear. Big Show did try to murder him earlier in the year. Yeah. On, on the same SmackDown 2004. SmackDown 2004 finds Kurt Angle facing a uh, possible retirement from in-ring competition. So plays like a Bond villain-like uh, heel general manager figure that gets pushed around a wheelchair by Luther Reigns because Big Show threw him off like a ledge onto some concrete. They had like the bolognese spilling from the back of Kurt Angle's head. <laughs> I really, could someone suggest that? I really want to review that segment. They shoot him from the top and he looks like a wingdings like font type, <laughs> just like his body is in contorted in that many different directions. And he eventually, because it's Kurt Angle, finds his way back to the ring. He's working again. Uh, Big Show makes his return to television a few weeks before this. I think it was like a SmackDown Battle Royal or something, and Big Show's a surprise member. And he just batters absolutely. It's one of them generic Big Show returns where they just try and pretend he was class all along and they haven't bodged him 20 times. Yeah. Uh, and he just he's a babyface, but he just destroys everybody. Oh, he's a babyface this time. Yeah, he's a babyface. He destroys everybody, and he gets to choose whether he wants to face, I think it's for like a number one contenders match, whether or not he wants to face Eddie Guerrero, a babyface, or Kurt Angle, a heel. Uh, because Kurt's heel at this point, Big Show's, despite the commit, the attempted murder, is, you know, like, he's, he's babyfacing. He's fine. He's Big Show. He's big. <laughs> uh, so he chooses Kurt Angle, the heel, and him and Eddie have a tag team match against Kurt Angle and Luther Reigns to set up the, well, not to set up, to build to the Kurt Angle singles match. You, like, you're probably thinking to yourself, WWE could, like, probably just do with, like, just pouring a little bit, just a little bit of gas on the fire to, to raise the heat for no mercy. Do you have anything in mind, WWE, for how you might raise the stakes? So uh, the the clip we watched, uh, they've got the match one, Big Show and, and Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eddie Guerrero goes up top, goes even above up top, because yeah. he goes off Big Show's shoulders and hits a huge frog splash on Kurt Angle. The sort of frog splash no man could ever kick out of. Yeah. 
Except Kurt Angle has to kick out because Mark King Jindrak misses his cue. Yeah, he's late, isn't he? He's I read late. it as well somewhere saying that apparently that Jindrak, when he was told, right, now that's your cue, he fell over backstage. That's why he missed his cue. That's great. Which I don't know if it's true or not, but I 100% would buy. I believe that. So he, he, Angle kicks out and then Jindrak sort of touches his leg yeah. as a, oh, he's broken up the pinfall. And they go, doesn't matter. Move on. <laughs> so Jindrak gets involved, chucks Eddie out of the ring, mm-hmm. clocks the big show. Uh, and then chucks the ref out of the ring, who I don't think he's called for the bell at this point. He's just sort of waving in the useless WWE ref style. Shadow Realm stuff. Yeah. As we as we go back to the moment, that ref is gone. He gets thrown. Like- so, yeah, my favorite bit is the call on this from Taz. So they're like, oh, my God, who's that? And Cole's like, it's Mark Jindrak. And Taz says, Mark Jindrak? Whoa, there goes the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Yeeted out of the ring. <laughs> Thank God a thing happened, so I don't have to talk about Mark Jindrak. Uh, and then in the, because he's taking his time, uh, taking out the ref, he turns around into a huge clothesline for a big show, of yeah. course. Uh, but Luther Reigns, who's, as you mentioned, is Angle's tag partner in this match, hits a horrible-looking net breaker to Eddie Guerrero on the outside that sends Eddie Guerrero to the Shadow Room, so that's the last <laughs> we've seen him. So, Jindrak and Reigns get involved. They're beating up Big Show, but Big Show's fighting back. He's fighting off both men. Angle is, like scrabbling around by Cole and Taz's feet. And they're like, whoa, Kurt Angle's over here. What's he doing? And then he pulls them out. And they're like, presumably, they were like, don't say gun, don't say gun, don't mm. say gun. And they were like, dog gun. <laughs> pulls out from under the announce table. Show goes to choke slam these two goobers, mm-hmm. uh, Reigns and Jindrak. And Angle, uh, as I mentioned, watch, if you get the chance, watch this clip back for how, and it's a tranquilizer dart. It's not exactly going to go slowly, but how... Like oh, it goes into, and also in my memory, it's a hundred percent. What's it called? The Mandela effect or something? When you misremember yeah, yeah. something, mm-hmm. in my mind, he got shot in the ass. Yeah, if you, if you put back in it, it's in his yeah. back, center of his back, or his spine, as they say later on. I don't think when his spine, I think when his back. Okay, it's two very different things. Yeah. Anyway, he gets shot in the back. Do you by know what angle. my Mandela effect was? I'd misremembered this as like Big Show being such a giant that one wasn't enough. That yes. He, he had to pelt him like three times. So Big Show just looks like a pincushion. Pew, pew. Like <laughs> uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah. He's like, we're wobbling <laughs> around. Uh, this, uh, this is the, the, the bit why I love WWE. Like, they've had some horrific things happen in real life mm. in WWE. And they've have to used those hushed tones. Oh, but yeah. But Taz going never seen anything like this mm-hmm. as Big Show wobbles around the ring, <laughs> slowly <laughs> passing out from this tranquilizer dart. Another bit that I loved. This was such a great pick because I was like, this is funny regardless. Kurt Angle, because you can't really hear him a lot of the time. He's just talking, but he's talking trash mm-hmm. to Big Show. But the only bit I did hear before show collapses is Angle, like he's trying to calm down a horse going, whoa, <laughs> Nice and slow. <laughs> like that. It's a big show. Whoa, big fella. Whoa there, big fella. Whoa there. Whoa there. Uh, big show fires back up. The crowd sort of go with him. He sort yeah. of goes to grab an angle, but the dart's taking effect. <laughs> and uh, and that's what it does. This. It's sticking out of his spine. It's sticking out of his back, but still. It's actual Texas juice. Yeah. <laughs> So Big Show eventually collapses in a heap. He does like a piece of crap. He? <laughs> he collapses he in this down, heap. Yeah. He's, I mean, to be fair, I was looking at him going, he needs a haircut, to be yeah. honest. He collapses in a heap and Jindrek gets sent to the back uh, and he returns with scissors and clippers and uh, 
Angle says, all right, show, we're going to have a little haircut. How does this feel? And he's chopping clumps out of Big Show's hair. And uh, I love this when they, I love it when they get given something and that they've clearly been told, you know, just, just talk us through what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Nothing specifically you have to say. So he just goes, oh, yeah, this is fun. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. And then he goes, oh, do you want to cut a bit off to Jindrak and Reigns? Luther Reigns get the scissors. And I've written here, it's a bit wild with the scissors. <laughs> it's just sort of, like, it always worries me. When there's, like, a head shaving angle, I'm like, mm. that's still live, or scissors in this case. That's a sharp object yep. near someone's head. Mm-hmm. And, and Reigns is just a bit, like, he's probably just a bit pumped up and just... Just just chopping bits of hair off from, from show and all you hear, listen to it back, you just hear Big Show's voice go, careful, <laughs> like that. Uh, I also like it when people are trying to sound menacing and they kind of bugger it up. Mm. So Angle goes, time for a new haircut, something to remind you of. What? What's that saying? <laughs> That's nothing. And he goes, you'll always remember me. And, and I was like, well, I get it that I know in, in you know, he, he shaved, shaved his head for quite a while. And then I think he grew it back when he was tagging with Kane, if yeah. I remember rightly. I think you might be right. But I was like, it's just a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a tattoo. Maybe. In six months, he won't look in the mirror and go, oh, God. Do you think maybe, like, Kurt doesn't realise that because his hair didn't grow back? Yeah. Do you think he's thinking, like, yeah, Edge did this to me and I've Cut never forgotten. Never Every day I look in the mirror and work with his hair, he's not coming back. <laughs> Kurt Angle, when his mates goes to the goes to the hairdressers. Good luck, man. Yeah, I hope I uh, hope you make it out of there with some hair still. I never forgot what Edge did to me. Uh, I also like this a bit where he sounds like it's meant to be menacing, mm-hmm. but it just sounds like a compliment. He goes, "It looks good, ball, doesn't he, guys?" <laughs> uh, and then th- this is the bit where they, I think they've gone to break, and mm-hmm. then they come back, and Michael Cole, as we've we talked about this in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, oh, uh, by the way, so before I get to this, you mentioned something about the promo for No Mercy and them slowing down Kurt Angle's voice. Oh, the whole, they were slowing down everything, right? So what was it? What was Taz's line again? Uh, Earlier, it was like, you know, it's, it's Mark Jindrak comes in and then he's like, Big Show's fading or something like that. Yes, whatever exactly. Like, they show the No Mercy match that this is going to be for. They show the video package. And to illustrate what Big Show must have been going through. <laughs> they slow down the footage, right? So you see, like, all of a sudden, it's slow motion, Big Show going down. They put, like, screen effects on and change the colour, as you can visualise. But, yeah, apparently, like, that's what voices would sound like as well. It'd be like our podcast, but, like, on that... <laughs> so you'll hear Taz going, like, freedom. Michael calls like, it's time for a main event. It's... That's so stupid. I take it they didn't include Michael Cole's line as we came back from break, though. I'm pretty worried they did, yeah. Because he said, Kurt Angle is raping Big Show of his dignity. Right. You can just hear Vince saying that, can't you? You absolutely can. Like, it's that word has got so much power, and it's just abused by someone like a Vince McMahon. Like, dignity. Yeah, that one. I think, like, all our dignities have been abused (laughs) by Vince McMahon. Like, it's 2004. This is not... I don't know what the year is, by the way, but like, let's just say for argument's sake, 1971. I'll pull that year in my ass. I don't, yes. I don't know at which point society would have been more au fait with that word just being thrown around. Yeah, it's, this is not, it's a different time. Exactly, exactly, yeah. It's not, it's not a different time. Like, look at this product. It's too similar to the same time, <laughs> to today's time, yeah. But that got slowed down as well. And again, just this idea that Vince McMahon, like, looks at somebody being bald, walking the streets of being, his words, not mine, 
raped of their dignity. Like they're, I think I put it to you, like they're, you just think, what, your follicle's weak or something, pal? <laughs> yeah. Like it's a sneezing thing, isn't it, writ large? Like they're selling for male pattern baldness, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Loser. What they should have slowed down is Michael Cole's next line. Kurt Angle is holding up a tranquilized big show as if he were trophy game. Far <laughs> <laughs> better line. And Angle, I do love Angle. He's posing on Big Show. The and then he great. sees the photographer. He's like, get a picture. Yeah. And this is the, the angle to take us off the air. Uh, and uh, Michael Cole, to close out the show, says, well, I guess this is what Kurt Angle meant when he said he was going to provide SmackDown with a moment it would never forget. Uh, yeah, but here we are now, I guess. 18 years later. But we got to see the, the clip we watched. We got to see the, the bit afterwards where he's carried out. Yeah. Well, he's not carried out. They try and help him out, and he... he, he Wakes does, up. Yeah, he does a call, didn't he? So I walk out my He looks like an idiot, doesn't he? He's like, hey, just, he, Angle's done a great job, to be fair. But he's left, like, I think what the Americans call him bangs. Mm. No, it is one, like, it's just, like, yeah. Hair, he's got, like, if two, Tyson Kidd hadn't spiked his hair up. Yeah, he's got, like, two bangs, like, long ones, for, and then the rest's all gone. <laughs> it's Imagine. really good. The staggering's really funny as well, because he's, like, he kind of, he staggers. He's like, right, the show's off the air, I can just leave. He sort of does a staggering walk, but also, like, he adds a bit of a, I thought he looked a bit like the boogeyman when he does those little, like, jolts. Like that. <laughs> and I like the fans just don't really care. Yeah. They're like, one of the boys goes like, I should be your tag partner, show. <laughs> that dot's got a great point, show. <laughs> I'm not talking to you, love. Right. Uh, anyway, let's go to the comment section. Mostly fine. One, yeah. not so much. Uh, once again, they didn't reflect the views of myself, Daddy Boys, anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Uh, SF writes, it's 2022. High time that WWE introduced the tranquilizer again. <laughs> Bring it back. Been long enough, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Seven years is the rule. That's what that's what they meant. It wasn't like uh, you, you can't really sort of like you know fake a retirement, break a guy's neck, and then bring him back for the hot blood feud. Like yeah, you can't do the tranquilizer darts for the seven years now. Uh, Just, I, oh god, honestly, Mike, where do people think about stuff like this? Just yeah, yeah, you can't do uh, eye for an eye. Was only twenty twenty. We're gonna have to wait for another seven years before twenty twenty seven. First point that you can uh, take somebody's eye out in a match. Dog, dog. Zachary writes funny. A balding man shaved another balding man's head off, hair off. Got him. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Christian makes a very good point, speaking of which. Why is Kurt the bad guy? He was getting revenge when Big Joe tried to kill him. <laughs> well, yeah. Right, this is... And in the No Mercy build-up, they reference that as well. Like, the Big Show's just... Well, he's just really bloody angry. But when he's a heel, it's okay. Yeah. Like, he, it's, when he's a babyface, it's fine for him to be angry. When he's a heel, like, ooh. Rubbish. Um... I did like this one. This tickled me for some reason. Nader writes, Long live Big Show from... See if you can guess the area that this... The, the big, oh, big, right. who do you, Where do you think Big Show? I'll give you three guesses. And if you get any of them, I'll leave the podcast forever. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Tie sticks here. Nader. Nader. Uh, Grenada. It's not from Grenada. Nevada. That's <laughs> Nevada. Uh, um, <laughs> I need one more place, don't I? Yeah, it's not, it's not uh, Nevada either, sorry. The Dominican Republic. Good guess. Long live Big Show from Kurdistan. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> he's massively over there. I don't know why that made me laugh. I was like, cool. And then I saw this comment on a, a not, I had to search far and wide for this, okay. right? Understandably why when I read it out. And I'll tell you the person's name. Right. 
Sexman420. <laughs> right. Well, so what was the end of that? Sexman420? Sexman420 boner. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hard already. Hang on, what am I, what am I doing here? The full name was uh, Sexman420. Oh. Sat there. Sat there, right? Spinning lasses on his hard cock like a Harlem Globetrotter would the basketball. With... <laughs> With an absolutely enormous mare, like Rudolph Dubliani, <laughs> sticking out of him. <laughs> what a great life this guy's like. He's taking the get, get off a second. Like, puts puts his Billy Spliff there. That's what they call him, isn't it? That's it. Like, into the hash tray. Do people say that? Have I just invented that? I think so, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll check like, with Riddle. But. Hash tray, but, you know, dubs. And then he's like, wait a second. Because I gotta, I gotta hit the internet with this, and then we'll get back to where we're at. I like the fact he's taken to it with this, and he's like, ah, if "Big Show's reading this, then he needs it. He needs a bit of a pick me up." I was 22 with a widow, widow's peak from hell. Shaved my head, and I haven't gone more than a week without getting laid since. <laughs> the key to success is confidence. You can still get pussy, show. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sex Man 420. <laughs> No illustration is there of any on Sexman four twenty bonus profile. I didn't see how it. old he is. No, because like you say, he's twenty two, right? That's just like, I'm going to calculate out some quick maths. So he was twenty two when he had the widow's peak from hell. Yeah, is that right? Okay. So let's just say he's forty two. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he put this comment, that means twenty times fifty two, and he's counted. It's not me doing the maths. It's him. He's had sex one thousand forty times since then because he's not gone a week without getting laid. <laughs> it's, it's, He's got like a he's got a stamp card at home to prove it. I like the idea that he's writing this comment post coitus. Yeah, that's it. During coitus. <laughs> Sorry, love. You want to watch? You want to really get me going? Luke the reins and Mark Jindrat. Fire this one up. Greatly. So uh, once again, thank you very much uh, to Josh from Illinois. Get well soon, mate. Uh, we keep us posted on your recovery and uh, and thanks as always for your involvement in all this. And if anyone wants to suggest Big Show trying to kill Kurt Angle as a future segment for the Five Star Review, yeah, review pretty good too. please uh, do so. Yeah. Uh, you can either do it on iTunes, please go and leave us a five star review on there, or you can email it to me just like uh, uh, John did. Uh, it's adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. I've got a, a stack of, of also uh, emails from the five star reviews, which we will get to. So please do email them to me if uh, if you can't use iTunes or you just hate Apple or whatever. Anyway. You can leave a five-star review on Spotify, or at least a rating on you Spotify. You can leave a rating on Spotify. We want that algorithm gimmicked. Yeah, That's absolutely. what it's all about. Like, we can't keep talking about being top of the charts unless you guys rig it for us, you know. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but let's return to Man and Hour Row because it's time for the Judgment Day. There was a countdown and everything mm. throughout this show. I do quite like the countdown They got the clock, gimmick. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're going to reveal their newest member. Out comes, <laughs> you never did, uh, Edge, Rhea Ripley, <laughs> and Damian Priest. There's a recap from what happened in that six mixed-person, six-man tag thing. Um, Priest demands everyone rise for the Judgment Day, and Ripley says it was their destiny to win. Uh, they have no limitations. Nothing holds them back anymore. Mm. A sign of things to come. Um Priest puts over Ripley competing in that number one contenders match in the main event. And Ed's, Edge said, shut up now with the adults speaking. And he praised Ripley and Priest and said, look, my message has spread. We've got a new member. And out comes, of all people, Finn Balor. Mm. And he gets in the ring and he shakes Edge's hand. And uh, Edge said he was surprised to hear from Balor. 
And he, but he saw a change in his face during the match, and, and Balor said that. Uh, oh, it's said that Balor has reached out to Priest and Ripley, and uh, Balor says he's got clarity now. He, he thanks Ripley and Priest for helping. He said he was impressed when Ripley stood between him and Edge. And uh, he spoke with Priest and Ripley and realized they've got a lot in common. They're tired of being told what to do. And Priest spoke and said to Edge about everything that he'd done for them. And they're ready to shed the one last thing holding them back. And that's you, Edge. (gasps) What a swerve. Priest turns to Edge lays him out with a clothesline. They beat him down. Edge tries to fight back. And then there's just a great moment where they drag him out of the ring, raises Edge. The announce table explodes. Yeah, it was good, that couldn't have gone really better. That. They pull out. Uh, sorry, they pull him back into the ring. Rhea Ripley brings every chair that people aren't sitting on yeah. in the arena into the ring. And they do that bit where they the little strut thing at the bottom, they pull that off, and Edge gets locked with a cross face with it in his what mouth. What he was doing, wasn't it, when they first turned? Yeah. yeah. And it was, it's such a good visual because Edge just looks, you've seen it everywhere on social media, he looks buggered. Yeah. And then, as referees and officials try to come and get involved, and Rhea Ripley just a, does a fantastic job keeping him away, keeping him out of the ring. Damien Priest hits, hits Edge with a concerto and this new version of the, the Judgment Day who've betrayed Edge stand tall. Now, I've seen people divided on this one. Mm. I have to say, I said this on the news, I loved it. I think this would have been a really powerful heat angle if it was stripped entirely of its context, right? So the context I'm referring to is these have been together five minutes <laughs> Like two months, basically. This is the sort of thing where after a year, maybe, you do the change of the guard thing. It's a big moment. Fans have become super invested in elements of this act that you then, like, pull a rug out or you surprise people with a big twist. And it's just, oh, my God, it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's probably, like, you know, like, headlines the show. It's the big talking point, all that kind of thing. It's... It's a big deal. It's Seth Rollins doing it to the Shield would be the, the mm. example off the top yeah. of it. But there will be others, right? Uh, so that would have been super effective. But this stable is like two minutes old. They won last night. You know, like, Edge is far from the weak link or whatever the verbiage was calling for. Because if anything, everything was kind of going wrong until he rocked up in the six-person match. They were, like, losing these middling 50-50 matches on Raw. It's like, our Edge is here now. So, like, what they what they have to be for any of this to make sense is, like, deluded heels. Right? Yeah. And that's not how they're coming across, is it? They're coming across as, like, it was about time we took out the trash old man and all that sort of stuff. So, logic, mm, it's a bit iffy. bit iffy, right? And, and this is, I'm going to be positive about it a bit more in a second. And all of this was informed by the opening segment, wasn't it? WWE have panicked at the loss of their major mm-hmm. player base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer. They've looked up and down the roster. They thought, you'll do. And, like, with respect to Edge, objectively, there have been prior times where it's like it's apparent that he won't do. Mm. But they've decided, you'll do. You're a, you're a proper star. We'll try and heat you up. We'll try and do it better this time. We'll try and do better by you this time. Um, out you come. We need you as baby face. Sorry. Like, thanks for completely devaluing your character more than anything else you've done in this comeback run for these last two months. Thanks for completely giving yourself up to this risible idea, this terrible script that we've come up with. Uh, stop it now. Like, so it was a bit like, kind of like hung heavy in the titty of this segment for me. Uh, All of that stuff did. Because otherwise, I would think I would agree with you. I think it was a, a fairly effective, um, it was a fairly effective segment and it was a reasonable swerve. You highlighted that they were all staring at Finn Balor 
after the match, with the implication being that he would join. So mm-hmm. that, I think, tied together. I, I don't think that that was necessarily just completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. I think there was something they were kind of willing to show you there about Finn Balor maybe not really being part of this AJ Liv Morgan thing. And more. It's quite easy to see him sucked mm. into this Judgment Day thing. But as the replacement leader, you were kind of watching a bit of panic booking take place. And I didn't I didn't feel like, as good as the physical element of the attack was, I didn't feel Gosh, like any of this... so good. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like it landed emotionally because people haven't yet been given time to buy into this group. See, I, I disagree. Okay. I disagree. Maybe I'm giving this more credit than it deserves, right? But there's several things about this that I think everyone kind of wins. First and foremost... The thing I hate the most about the Judgment Day, yeah. hopefully, because he's not known for, you know, long soliloquies, mm. less talking, more action. Yeah. That's what I want from these, because they're mint. Damien Priest, Rhea Ripley, and whether it's Edge or Finn Balor, in the ring, they are some of the best you can see. Mm-hmm. So stop talking about fucking sheeple and all rise for this. I, w- I would counter that a little bit with next week on Raw. Looks oh, like we're the cats that got the cream. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some yeah. talking still, but hopefully ugh, shorten yeah. it down a bit. Oh, I've just thought about Finn Balor in purple gear. Yes, I mentioned that in the news. Purple pants. I mean, right? <laughs> you son of a bitch! I mean, he's got some big walls, yeah. <laughs> big old cat. <laughs> right, but. I disagree. I, it's, I've seen people say, oh, it's just bloody Russo swerved this. They've done it in a week when they should have done it for a year. In my mm-hmm. And I get that, yes. I couldn't have bought a bed a year. I couldn't have bought more six months, more months of this. And put the pen down now. I'm making a point. Edge is the weak link from this group. Yes, okay. they won matches. Mm-hmm. But why did Edge beat AJ Styles? Damien Priest showed up. Yeah. Why did they win the next match? Rhea Ripley showed up and got involved. Edge. Rhea Ripley stood in front of Edge. Were they about to win the match at Hell in a Cell? No. Edge was about to get pinned. He was about to get coup de grad and pinned. And Rhea Ripley was like, all right, old man, who's been there, give me the tag. I'm the tag in. The adults talking now. Yeah. Well, now, yes, that was a bit annoying because at no point has Edge been like patronizing and weird towards. Rhea Ripley and Damien Priest, and then the one week where he's about to be usurped, they had this bit of this character trip where he's like, he's a bit of a like piece of garbage to them. That's what we seen. We ain't seen backstage. Oh, so that's he's what's a, been going on. He's an asshole backstage. That's why, that's why I like... sitting in the big chair. I got to stand this whole goddamn time. <laughs> that's why I like Finn and Damien and Rhea are in the goth DMs or something. Like yeah. Like, I got to do something about this guy. I was just like... I will take that point. I will Mama. take that point, you know. Oh, that's a fair point, especially about the match. Like, that, that match was... Get about to get beat. Yeah, that's a, that's a mm, look at you, look at you winning me round. And heel Finn Balor. Yeah, I thought I knew you. <laughs> well born. I did like the fact that Rhea Ripley started to come out to. <laughs> you never did. I was <laughs> like, oh no, no, no <laughs> I, I get it, I get it. But I do like the idea of them going quick. Re-record some entries. <laughs> you never did. It's just Finn's shouting. Oh, on. sorry, I wasn't pressing play and record at the same time. Finn, Finn's had to go early. He's like, get uh, uh, him, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I understand that some people weren't happy about this, but I thought it was it was great for the second time in a WWE Raw review. Are you going to suggest that people let this play out? God damn, show's got got good. Are you wearing the uh, bad take hat, Malady? Not yet. No. <laughs> Uh, one bad take that you could have is, well, Cedric, Cedric Alexander's on the upswing after oh my God. eight seconds. Jeez. Oh. Ding, ding. He had a match against Omos, immediately got hit with a tree slam, one, two, three. Just 
like I don't want to go loads, loads longer than I need to on it. Second match, but like, do they not realize that you could actually help Cedric Alexander by having him get like a minute's worth of grief in for Omos and then lose by this exact same method? Right? Come off the top, caught, bang. Yeah, like just just a an idea, a sliver of a chance of an idea that maybe, just maybe, he can actually land a blow or two on this guy. This is just like. But then Impressing. things got good immediately because we went to the Oakland position. Yes. And almost is leaving. Like, yeah, enough of that prick. Yeah. Time for the dirty down. Dirty down. We love them. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And uh, they're interviewed by. Uh, it wasn't Gene Oakland. It was, it was uh, Kevin Patrick. <laughs> and uh, MVP and Omos are not happy that they're getting his attention. And Ziggler will be like, suck it, old man. <laughs> kick him in the face, super kick him, and then run off. And I was like, scream. You know what I thought? Hey, 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 hey. You all right. I sort of agree. Yeah. I particularly like the idea that, like, there's a there's a Chris Jericho knowing irony quality to Dolph Ziggler, like, doing the old sort of, like, get him, square. <laughs> to MVP, a guy from, like, the exact same era as him. They must be, they must be what, two years apart in age? Yeah. If that, like, I love the idea of Ziggler playing it because, like, you don't even wear a denim jacket. Come on, Bob. I want, let's get out I of here. I want banner dirty dogs. They don't need to be heels anymore. What did I ask for in the Street Profits uh, Usos thing? Booking. I'm getting it. This, yeah. was, this was fine. Uh, it was Zeke next. He was Zeke top. Yeah. I think it was his phrase at one point during <laughs> this. He faced Otis, uh, who had uh, Chad Gable in his corner. Mm-hmm. Juice, please. Juice. <laughs> I still love that entrance, Steve. Uh, early on, Otis uses his power to take control despite the size of Ezekiel, throws him around the ring, slows the pace down. Uh, but Ezekiel catches him with a crucifix pin to get the victory. Post-match, Zeke gets on the mic, calls out Kevin Owens. He wants a rematch next week. Kevin Owens comes out. He's in a good mood. Mm-hmm. He's like, I beat you. I'm in a good mood, and I'll give you a rematch. All you have to do to me is admit you are Elias. So he's not in that so way. He's not fine. Yeah, no. He's not fine. And Ezekiel says, all right, Kev, you got me. He's like, no, you've got to say the words, I am Elias. And he says, all right, I am Elias. And Owen's like, party time, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got your rematch, whatever. So happy to be finally proved right. Uh, and Ezekiel says, just to clarify, I have got my match for next week. And Owen's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. And he goes, Kevin, I beat you at the own game. Alive! I'm Ezekiel, I'm not alive. And he hits him with a jumping knee and runs out. <laughs> alive! I'm Ezekiel! Like the Eddie Guerrero in this. Alive! This is really, really good. It's <laughs> this great. is really good. Kevin Owens was fantastic celebrating his pyrrhic little victory. I'm a winner! <laughs> I won! Like, he just worked overtime. What was it we were watching when he was talking about the Sultan? Oh, that was this post-match interview where he was just, he was determined to, like, I'd, I've seen this done before. Like, you know, you remember Fartu? Well, he went away and he came back as a sultan. I was like, no, that's Fartu. No, you're wrong. I want, get Gulak on Raw, get him with Owens yeah. and have him do a PowerPoint yes. presentation. Long form investigation. Like, you see this guy, you see T-Bar, yeah. right? Doesn't he look like Dominic Dijakovic from NXT? <laughs> This is really funny. Really good. Give me the rematch. Yeah. Main event time. Fatal four-way. Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, uh, and Rhea Ripley to face Bianca Belair, who's sitting there at ringside watching. And I just had a really good time watching this. Um, Really interesting dynamics. Like, talk about four different people. Mm. Ripley, Bliss, Dewdrop, uh, and Morgan. 
and it worked really well as well because you had it. Uh, None of them got locked in the locker room. <laughs> yes, Dewdrop and Ripley have a clear everyone else out of the ring and have a great face off, and then Ripley drops uh, with a super kick. She fights back though, hits her with a back elbow, and Morgan and Bliss pull her out, and we go to a break. And when we come back, Dewdrop's in control, uh, splash in the corner on Alexa Bliss. Morgan jumps in, hits Ripley with a drop kick, uh, hits her with a Hurricane Rana. Dewdrop, though, hits a splash on uh, Bliss. That gets her a near fall. Sit out Powerball and Morgan also gets a near fall. Dewdrop and Ripley, they're fighting on the top rope. And then in come Liv Morgan and Bliss, and they do the big Tower of Doom powerbomb suplex thing, mm-hmm. which just looked great. Uh, then there's a weird bit, which I quite liked looking back, because I don't, I'm not that arsed about the whole roll one, two, roll one, two, yeah, yeah. roll one. Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss going in a big circle. <laughs> I was like, gone into this weird small package thing. Anyway, Bliss goes for Twisted Bliss. Morgan gets her knee drop, knee drop, uh, knees up. Sorry, Dewdrop chucks Alexa Bliss out the ring. Morgan goes to the Oblivion and Dewdrop, but Nikki Ash gets involved and mm. makes sure she can't hit it. No DQs, of course, in a fatal four-way match. In the end, though, Dewdrop hits the Mishinoku driver on Liv Morgan. Ripley breaks up the pin and riptides Dewdrop. For the one, two, three, she is the number one contender. She will face Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. And the show closes with the new Judgment Day. Judgment Day to oh. <laughs> Finn Balor and Damian Priest standing with Ripley as she stares down Bianca Belair. So happy that Ripley's number one contender and a fantastic main event. I was kind of glad they gave this match the main event because it did sort of make the stakes feel worthwhile rather than it just be one of them things that's happened in the middle of the card. I'm not convinced that there's been some sort of magic fix in their women's division within WWE at the moment, but this certainly is a better way to reflect that, like reflect some attempted changes than what they're doing on SmackDown, where you've got this Ronda versus the world and the world's just full of losers. <laughs> like uh, This made it feel like there was a bunch of contenders. There was a couple of iffy exchanges in the match. I seem to recall one or two with Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss that went, uh, but uh, overall I enjoyed it. Observation quickly on Nikki A.S.H. saving Dewdrapper and then Dewdrapper getting pinned regardless. When they booked the segment where Dewdrop was like, Nikki, you need to get serious, and I'm going to help you. Was that a week where Vince was like, I'm sick of the superhero crap, take that mask off your face. And then like the following week, he forgot, and he was like, hey, why have we not got Dewdrop's cape ready yet? Because <laughs> since then, they've flipped it, and like it's Nikki A.S.H. being like, oh yeah, you were right, let me help you be less of a loser, as if we were supposed to forget that first week they came together. You're a superhero in training. Yeah, that, is that what they're going to do? Are they going to make their superhero in training? And because Nikki A.S.H. is, oh, you just if you just stuck with me, you'd get these wins. Like <laughs> That feels a bit like that's where that's going to go. Um, it, it was pretty effective in re-establishing Rhea Ripley, like re-establishing the new Judgment Day, and most people will be super happy with the outcome, myself included, uh, of Rhea Ripley versus Bianca. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, oh, it's so good. They had a rip. Go back, treat yourself, do some homework on NXT Portland, the last takeover before the pandemic, and in my opinion, kind of the last takeover ever, really, um, from February 2020. I think pretty sure it was Rhea Ripley and uh, Bianca. Well, they had an absolute ripper. Go and check that out. Yeah. This, this should be great. I love it. I think it's a great decision. And, uh, yeah, really enjoyable way to end a show that was kind of all over the place. Like you say, a weird sort of possible post-WrestleMania vibe mm. show, but without any debuts and stuff like that. But, yeah, look, let's see what happens next. 
I have no idea after after this show, but who come on guys, let it play out. Who does doesn't know? Yeah, exactly. Let it play out. Let us know your thoughts on Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Hamflit. We'll be back later on today to look ahead to NXT Dubai. Oh, and uh, watch there on iTunes. You can leave us a five-star review, just like John from Illinois did, uh, and suggest something short crap and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god-awful Raw match or segment. Or you can email them to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.